Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want to pick up today in a, on this new series that we started last week. Everybody ready for this? Hungry for some word? Get, some, get stirred up? Get filled up on your way up? And uh, this, this, this new series is called Last Day's Survival Guide. All right. And uh, I kind of explained that already to you. If you missed last week for any reason, uh, the Lord will forgive you. I hope. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can access that message, you can either the audio, the video, anything on the, on the website, and get caught up so you can get um, all the good stuff that the Lord is saying and doing in our midst here uh, during this time. And I want to begin to discuss these things some more. I'm not primarily focusing on natural things, but spiritual things, because I'm of the firm belief that when our spiritual life is in order and we are prepared internally, uh, we are we've got the the information, the dedication, we've got the revelation that we need inside. That the Lord Himself will guide us externally to for anything that we may need to say and do and go and so forth. You know what I'm talking about? That's why we focus internally because I'm not your prophet. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not your Holy Spirit. I'm not going to come tell you what to do in your life as far as personal decisions from day to day. But I'll give you good, good biblical principles. I'll give you the Word of God. And of course, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. And He'll talk to you. He'll lead and guide and direct. He'll provide for you every single day. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, and, and so we focus on the inside. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse three reads, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. One of the elements that were shown in this verse, and we read a number of others last week, is that there will be a, a, a great, a falling away, an apostasy, and a departure uh, from, from the faith, from the Lord. That, pe- that people in the last days, in our days, before the return of the Lord, that people will stage a revolt. All right, and, and, and you know, Paul told Timothy, some shall depart from the faith in, in the last days. So uh, knowing this is a reality, one of my primary focuses is to make sure that's not me <laughs> and make sure that's not you and make sure, you know what I'm talking about, that we have put in place inside of us the necessary knowledge and preparation so that if we are tempted to go the wrong way, to think contrary to the ways of God, to even turn our back on Him. We'll say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to go. That, that's a trap set for me. I'm not going to fall for it. I was prepared. I was ready. I knew this was coming, and absolutely not. I'm going to dig in a little bit deeper. Huh? I'm going uh, to be more settled than I ever have before in my walk and relationship with the Lord. Praise God. And if that if that's your heart to be that way, then good. Then good. Then we're going to continue to prepare ourselves for uh, coming attractions. 
<laughs> I mean, we're, we're told. We're told. I mean, we're, we should not live ignorantly. We should not be unaware of the times and the days in which we live. But we must be prepared to stand strong in the midst of last day perils. Okay? Paul told Timothy in connection with the, with stating that these are some of the events that would take place in the last days, he told him specifically, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. He said, make sure that you, you are in the right place. And then, of course, what you're teaching and what you're preaching, what you're declaring to be truth, you make sure that's in order as well. Now, he told him that in connection with, you read the context, the last days. The end times, how people will uh, depart and there will be an, a, a number of things, deceptions and so forth that would take place. So, I'm not talking about, hey, last days, let's hunker down, let's hide away, let's, <laughs> let's separate ourselves and get a, you know, go up in the mountains or something and build ourselves a, a bomb shelter. And, and uh, No, 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 I'm talking about more than ever before us being out there. Because people need us. I mean, what a, what a day to live when God is moving gloriously by His Spirit. But we need to be out there more than ever before, available for God to use. Because a lot of people are coming into the kingdom. Oh, the masses. Even though there'll be some that depart from the faith, there'll be masses of people that will come to the Lord. They will call out to Him for help. And, 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 and how are they? how is the Lord going to respond to them? Much of that's coming through you. It's coming through me. It is certainly not just coming through a few select individuals. It is absolutely not just about a few pastors, few evangelists, few prophets here and there. No, it is about the body of Christ rising up, taking their place, recognizing the things that have been invested in them, the, the truth that they have, the authority they have, the, the, the position, the grace of God that they live in so that they are available to minister to this, to a lost and dying world who finally, thank you, Lord, is calling out to Him. And so we are preparing. We are getting out there like never before. And uh, I, I think we need not only people who know the truth, uh, but people who live the truth. People who are examples to follow in these last days. So I want to encourage you this way. Work on yourself. Not in a selfish, self-centered way. But, but how are you doing? What's happening inside of you? How are you prepared internally for anything that happens externally? Alright? See, I don't even qualify to reach someone else, to help and minister to someone else if I haven't taken care of business in my own life. All right. I'm not talking about being perfect and you have to arrive at some state of perfection before God can use you because none of us are in, in that situation. But I am talking about taking seriously the, the, the truth of taking heed to ourselves, being ready uh, uh, on the inside. It, it's, it's really a principle, I think, that goes across the board in a lot of different areas of life. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes single people uh, that want to be married are are very much focused on what they want in that other person. And they're looking for certain attributes and characteristics and physical traits and, and so forth. They're looking for the right thing in that other person. Some are looking for a long, long time. 
You know, do you know why? Because sometimes their focus is in the wrong place. They're so concerned about what, what's happening in another person that they're not looking in the mirror and asking, the self, asking themselves the question, what is that person getting in me? Huh? It's not all about what they get in someone else. What are they getting in? What, what is that person getting? Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I like to encourage single people who want to be married. <laughs> Take care of yourself in every way. How's your spiritual life? You know, how's your, how's your so, social life? In other words, how do you relate to people? You know, how are you physically? All, all that kind of stuff. You prepare yourself. Then in that, you are prepared for someone else uh, to be blessed with your presence. Amen. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're already married, you say, I, I want my marriage to be better. Well, you can spend years and years focusing on making your partner better. Many times in, in futile, it's futile. Or you can spend some time immediately making improvements in your own life. And how many know that by itself, if there were nothing else done, that will improve your marriage to some degree. And probably influence the other person as well. Look with me over at Luke chapter 6. See, Jesus talked about this principle in, in different ways. In, in Luke chapter 6, he was talking about a, a number of different things. Giving and the, uh, it'll be given unto you, judge not, that you won't be judged, all that kind of stuff. But it's all in connection. He went on to say in verse 39, uh, he spoke a parable to them and said, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And, and, and by the way, the teacher in this, such, in this situation is not me, but it's all of us and our influence upon other people. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Planking's been pretty popular lately. Maybe that's not what he's talking about. Verse 42, or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that's in your eye when you yourself don't see the plank that's in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. Again, if we are going to be beneficial and helpful to the world around us in these last days where there is much turmoil and much stress and much trouble, then we have got to do business with our own personal lives. Things that we've put off, things that we were going to get to later, things that we considered ah, not a big deal, very insignificant. It's time for us to, do, to deal with stuff. It's time for us to be real with God, remove elements that are a hindrance to His flow in our lives personally and, uh, and from us being a vessel that He can use and flow through. How, how many know when there's pressure on, everything inside comes out? When enough pressure is on a person, you see what they're made of. Okay? And I'm really hoping uh, that, that, that as, as pressure increases in the world, not hoping for that, but as pressure increases in the world, that, that when, when we're pushed on, when we're pressed, that a whole lot of good stuff comes out. Amen. You know, like pushing on a wet sponge and find out what's been, that sponge has been soaking up. Here's some good things come out. What happens if we poke on you? 
What happens if we push your buttons? What happens if the, you know, some temptation, test, and trial come to your house? What comes out of your mouth? What comes out of your life? See, if it's not in there, meaning in a negative sense, it can't come out. Or on a good, in a good sense, if it's not in there, it can't come out. So we can load up, can't we? It's time to load up. It's time to, you know, detox. I don't know. Maybe that's not the best word. It's time to, you know what people do sometimes? They do the, they eat funky foods and it's like a cleanse. And maybe we need to cleanse. (laughs) Not talking spiritually. Our sins are washed away. But what we meditate on, what we think about, what we give ourselves to, those things build up inside of us. They build up inside of us. And it doesn't stop God's love or our salvation. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the practicality of when the pressure's on, what's there? What shows up? Hallelujah. Anyway, Jesus said, don't try to fix someone else's speck in their eye when you got a plank in your own. Deal with yourself, man. Deal with your own life. Deal with your own business. Get, the, get your house in order. Get things ready to go. So it's all clear. Amen. I'm remembering an old old song I used to hear sung. It's you know Southern gospel song about I knew I was walking in the right because I'd been on my knees in the night. And those that phrase always has always stood out to me for years. Not not righteousness found in our own actions. Not talking about that. We just did that series. But there's something about knowing. Man, I've been doing business with God. I've been spending time with Him. And and, and so I know we're good. There's a confidence going forward when you spend time with the Lord. There's a confidence going forward when you've meditated in His Word, in His plan. Praise God. You know, Daniel chapter 11 says, Those who do know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We need some strong people in these days. Those that can carry out great exploits. Do you know Him? Praise God. So, let's go back to this. Why do some people, and why why do they, and why will they fall away? Why will some individuals fall away? If I know the why, and some of the whys, I believe there's more than one. Uh, I'm going to talk about one, or talk about one today. But why do people fall away? Um... If I know it, I can avoid that. And I don't have to, I don't have to be a, a victim in, in these last days to troublesome times. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And as we know, we explained last week, the last days are, have been around for a couple thousand years now. But we see the increase of things even in our time. And really there's, Nothing new under the sun. There's no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. And so the devil doesn't have any new bag of tricks. It's the same old, same old stuff, repackaged, rebranded, and it comes at people today in a different way than it maybe did hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago. But it's the same stuff. It's it's the same way. It may not have come on your cell phone back then or, you know what I'm talking about, but uh, same stuff. 
And Paul was talking to Timothy again in 2 Timothy. He wrote him two letters. That was very nice. Two letters. Uh, and, and chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, which of course, you know the, the context of these things. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. And he's talking about some people here. And he writes about a guy named Demas. He said, for Demas has forsaken me. Well, why would he do that? Having loved this present world. Why did he forsake him? He loved this present world. Not that which is to come. His eyes weren't on eternal matters. He wasn't focused on God's kingdom. But what was he focused on? This present world. And has departed for Thessalonica. Now, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Uh, and so there's, he's talking about these three guys. Uh, Cretans and Titus, he, they, he didn't say anything about them forsaking him. They just, they left. How many sometimes, sometimes people can separate and it's not a bad thing. They didn't do so for a wrong reason. They weren't, it wasn't necessarily a forsaking. And so a couple of these guys, they left. He didn't say anything negative about them. He just said, they weren't, they're not with me now. They're not with me anymore. anymore. They went over here. But Demas, he forsook me. Why? He's in love with the world, the things of the world. Now, there's no doubt that there was some pressure. There's no doubt that following Paul's ministry and being of support and help with him uh, had its challenges. You know, especially when he, you know, spends a couple of years at a time in prison. <laughs> You know, and traveling those days took a long time. It wasn't like today, today, but it doesn't matter. In some ways it is like today. But there was no doubt pressures. There was no doubt challenges. But in the midst of this, Demas forsook him. Now, how many know sometimes people don't realize that when they forsake a person, they may also be forsaking the Lord through that person? You remember Jesus taught these principles. He said, if you receive, uh, uh, if people receive you, he said, they receive me. And if they receive me, they receive him who sent me. And sometimes people don't realize they're re- that they are literally rejecting the Lord by rejecting a messenger of the Lord. Someone who comes in his name. And so when, 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 when Paul told Timothy, he said, Demas forsook me because he loved the world, this present world. Demas was forsaking the Lord in doing so. Uh, we don't have all the commentary about what Demas was thinking, but we do have he- we do have heavenly inspiration to realize that his forsaking w- w- was not was not a good thing. Okay, and so let's watch out that we don't fall into this trap where we say, "Well, I'm well, I'm uh, I'm not associating with these people anymore, or I'm not going to associate with this group, but I'm still close with the Lord." Are you? Because sometimes it's the same thing. Sometimes it is the exact same thing going on, and we've just put a physical, natural face on it to disguise our love for the world. And we've gone off into worldly thinking and worldly living, and, and, we're, and our affection is set on the things of the world. And we say, well, that's because of Paul. And I didn't like the way Paul was doing this. I didn't like the way Paul was handling these things. And in the midst of that, we've really, truly departed from the things of God. Jesus told us in, uh, in, in, in John chapter 12, 
John chapter 12, verse 25, He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So this is a real issue that Demas had in loving this present world that Jesus talked about. You have to hate your life in this world in order to keep it. In order to keep it for eternal life. The, the, the Amplified Bible reads that verse there, John twelve twenty five. Whoever has no love for, no concern for, no regard for his life here on earth, but despises it, preserves his life forever and ever. Now understand the word here, the strong language is used in contrast. Literally, the Greek word means, when it's said to, and it's translated sometimes hate, Strong's will tell you, it means to love less. So what it's talking about is a contrast. That when it, when it comes to my life in this world, this time, the world in this age, he said, uh, that compared to the Lord, I despise that. I have no interest in that. My affections are set on the Lord. Okay, and if we don't do this, how many know it doesn't just happen? If you don't set your love on Him, set your affections on the things of God, you will fall prey to loving this present age, this present time in in, in which we live. Okay, uh, look, look look with me at First John two. You're close. First John uh, chapter two. And notice verse 15, 1 John 2, 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is what? Not in him. And so this is a big issue that was happening, that it's happening today, is people love the world, and based on a person's affection for and love for the world, they will... Many people will leave. They will depart the Lord. If I don't want to depart the Lord, if I don't want to forsake Him, I've got to watch that I am not in love with this present world. It must be measured way back. In fact, in comparison, we can use the language. We hate it. We despise it. These are some of those contrasting qualities. They can't both exist at the same time. Love for the Father, the love of the Father, and the love of the world. They don't coexist. So, well, I love the Lord. I just, uh, you know, I just have a lot of things to do in the world. And, and no, no, just stop. I just love the Lord. Period. Stop talking. <laughs> have you ever wanted someone to do that? They were talking, talking, saying a bunch of good stuff, and then they continued. So, oh man, if you would have just stopped right there, it would have been really good. <laughs> you ever been, those of you, you know, you're aware of uh, gifts of the Spirit, you ever, uh, you ever seen someone prophesy, and it was like powerful, good, and then they kept going? It's like, man, that was all God until you got to there, and then you turned a word of knowledge into a book of knowledge. <laughs> you know? Sometimes we've got some real good things in our heart, and we don't need to add something to it. 
Just live in the love of the Father. Seek the kingdom and His righteousness. Just period. I mean, He'll take care of all these things will be added to you. But as far as that, well, I'm just seeking the Lord most of the time. No, just stop. Just seeking the Lord. Let your commitment be. Let your heart be single. Let your focus be in, in one area. Someone said, uh, you know, it's interesting sometimes how we use the language of love. And, you know, I love pizza. And I love snow skiing or something. Well, I don't, but uh, you know what I'm talking about? We might want to adapt our language, our terminology. And just remove love from a whole lot of stuff in this world. Just to help us keep things straight. Say, I enjoy whatever it is you like to you enjoy. Because God made us, made things for our enjoyment. Even riches, people who are rich are told to enjoy them. Enjoy your, rich, your riches. Yeah, not love them though. Enjoy natural things. Where's our love uh, reserved for? My, our, my love is reserved for God. My love is reserved for the Father. My love is reserved for Him. Amen. And of course, His people and so forth. But my love is is reserved for Him. And so, uh, you know, you might want to alter your language if you say, Oh, I love... What? Krispy Kreme? Someone say? (laughs) Just change it. Change it. Say, no, I love the Lord. I enjoy the donut or whatever you enjoy and uh it'll help us in 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 the in the 91st psalm well, in fact why don't you look at that with me as well the 91st psalm it's a popular protection scripture and uh, it's excellent psalm 91 you know the first part of this chapter talks about dwelling in the secret place of the most high but I want to look at verse 14. Inspired by the Lord, the Lord speaking here, because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him, I will set Him on high, because He has known my name. Do you see here that setting your love on God has a preserving effect upon your life? And and what are we talking about? We're talking about not backsliding. We're talking about not falling prey to the temptations of our age and of these last days. He said, if you'll set your love on me, I'll protect you. I'll deliver, I'll deliver you. Notice, he said... Because he has set his love, not because he fell in love with me. Again, we got to get out of this light emotional realm where I just, I fell in love with the Lord. Well, love is one of those things you do with intention. You know, those of you who are married, hopefully, you know, that marriage decision you put the ring on, that was intentionally, you may not have said it this way, but you were setting your love upon that person. You felt it. Mm, I hope you felt it. You know, you had the emotional qualities of love and so forth there. But it went beyond that. Because there's a lot of people you have felt something for through your life. But then there's one person 
that you set your love on and you said, I'm yours. I'm going to treat you this way. I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to, and I'm going to do this for as long as we both shall live. See, that's a different level. When it comes to the, the love of God, when it comes to His, Himself in our lives, what do we do? We set our love upon Him. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's a, it's a commitment that we make. We don't just fall into it. But here's the thing. He'll deliver us because we know His name. He'll set us on high because we know His name. Sometimes people nowadays are, they're almost, they almost take pride in being knowledgeable of things of the world. I, I'm a person of the, of the world. I know things. And how many know that's not praised in Scripture? Having a knowledge of good and evil? That's the tree you're not supposed to eat. But what is magnified? It is eating from the tree of life. What is our intention? To just be knowledgeable of all the world? No, to know His name. To know His name. And if I don't know anything else that's going on, if I'm not up on everything that's happening in the world and all the, all the, the, the negatives and all the evil and all the peril, but I know His name, He'll set me up on high. Come on. I've got this promise. I've got this word from Him. He delivers me. He sets me on high. You remember Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2? I like that from the King James Bible. It said, set your affection on what? On, put the scripture up. You've got to follow me a little tight, a little tighter. Good job. Be, no, 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 no. Col- Colossians 2. Bam. Set your, nope, King James, I gave it to you. All right. Never mind. (laughs) Set your mind. That's good. King James says, set your affection on things that are above and not on the things on the earth. Set your affection. In other words, again, that's a choice I make. Do I, we think affection, we think, I feel that. Find if you, find if you feel it, but set it there. Why? Because I don't want to be Demas. I don't want to be in love with this world. I'm, I've got to do something with my affection, my love, my heart, my mind. I've got to do something with it. Look with me at John chapter 12. John the 12th chapter. These are things that are happening in our day. And they've been happening for a while. Individuals would fall into this trap, but you and I are not going to fall into it. We are going to stand. He is able to make you stand. And I have faith in His ability. John chapter 12, this was, this was during the, the life of Jesus at the end when He was being tried, when He was being uh, mocked, when He was being accused of many things. And in that 12th chapter in the 42nd verse, it reads, Nevertheless, even among the rulers... Many believed him. The rulers. These are the, the big dogs in their day. There's the ones with authority. They're the ones that were recognized. What happened? Many of them. That's powerful. Many of them believed him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not, what? Confess him. Is that necessary? Confessing the Lord. 
It's absolutely necessary. Well, I believe in the Lord in my heart. Fine. Confess Him. It's not real until you say it. You don't get saved because just something is in your heart. You must confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus. That's what saves a person. Huh? Some people are they are praying these quiet prayers over their life. They're de- when, when are you going to speak? When are you going to declare what's so? When are you going to make it known what God has said concerning your life, your physical body, your future? Speak it. Let it be your confession. But they wouldn't. They were afraid. They wouldn't confess them lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Wow. I mean, that's that's like heavy, I think. These people are in hell today. Why? Because they cared so stinking much about what people thought of them. They Their position in the synagogue. Their recognition in society by people around them. They didn't want to lose their place. They knew Jesus was who He said He was. They believed His words. They believed what He was saying. They knew He was the way to eternal life. They knew He was the answer, but they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't confess. Because if I confess Jesus, people are going to speak down of me. People are going to say that I'm going to lose my place, my position, my reputation. And they gave up eternity for that reason. Yikes, huh? You know, it's like Jacob and Esau. Esau giving up his birthright because he was hungry. Hmm? There's some things they just need to outweigh everything else. When compared, we despise it. When compared, we reject this world. We reject what it has to offer. We reject everything that, that, that's in comparison to the Lord. I don't want to be in love with this world. I don't want to be so concerned about what people think about me. God's approval, love, and praise must matter most to us. You see that God praises? That's got to matter. I know um, many times in, in, in church, people make a whole lot of decisions. I'm talking about church leaders and so forth. whole lot of decisions, and, and it's all based upon the we don't want to offend people. I mean, those discussions are rampant. Well, we don't, everything is about uh, we don't want to offend people. And they don't give a second thought to what God thinks. I mean, consider that. Well, we don't want to do this in church. We don't have this kind of service. We don't want to have this component in there because what are people going to think? They might not accept that. They might, they might, what's the Lord going to think? I mean, it's one thing if a person leaves. What if God leaves? I mean, no, we meet in vain. <laughs> are you, let's, what, what, what's the, what, do your, what does your family think about your life? What do your neighbors, what do people at work, what, what do they think about your life? That's not near as big a deal as what God thinks about your life. Because I guarantee you, some people will like it and some people won't. Some people will honor you and respect you because of your relationship with God. And others will despise you and mock you and come against you because of your stand. But we've got we've to decide. Which side of this fence am I going to be on? 
How am I going to conduct myself? What matters most? Am I in love with the world? Am I trying to add God to my life? Throw a little bit of God in the mix? Or we throw out the mix and say, it's just all you, Lord. And I'll enjoy things of this world as long as I'm here. As you bless me and provide for me, thank you, Lord. I'll enjoy this life with have a smile on my face, but it's all you. See, that's the person who's not going to depart. That's the person who's not going to forsake. That's the person, no matter what comes their way, they know, I've got what matters. I mean, if I lost everything but kept my relationship with the Lord, we're good. But if I gained the whole world and everybody thought I was wonderful and didn't, and, and didn't stay true to what God thought and His plans and His purpose for my life, I, I haven't gained anything. And one of these days, it's all going to be clear. It's all going to be abundantly clear. Nothing will be hidden. There will be no secrets anymore. There will be no hidden agendas. There will be no motives that, were not, that are not revealed. Everything will be known. Everything will be clear. And he who sees in the secret place rewards openly. Praise God. The Bible does talk about grieving the Spirit, doesn't it? talks about how the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can be vexed. And I'm not saying I'm looking out to offend people. I'm only trying to offend them with the gospel. I mean, other than that, should we be super kind and nice? And Absolutely. That's, that's fruit of the Spirit. So I'm not talking about, hey, let's try to offend some people. <laughs> no, only with the gospel, because Jesus is the stumbling stone, the rock of offense. You know, he'll crush some and others, you know, will accept and believe. So I'm not talking about that. But I am focused on, uh, I want to please him. I want to be conscious and mindful of what he thinks about what I'm doing, how we're doing church. Because I'm confident of this. The blessing of God on something far surpasses the strategies of man. The systems that we can create. The programs we can implement. I'd rather have the blessing of the Lord. The favor of God. His glorious presence and power that saturates and fills us and thrills us like no earthly thing can. That's when things are coming together. What will people think if you and I live in such a way where Jesus is made known? If we live our lives and we live as openly (laughs) open Christians... We just live out loud. And we're not hiding anything. Because we're most concerned, most mindful of what does the Lord think? What, is, what are His thoughts concerning my life? And I think we're in a good place. We're not going to end up with Demas. Why do some people depart? Why would someone go the wrong direction? It's real simple. They love this present world. Amen. Let's pray for a moment. As we do, talk to the Lord in your own heart. Quietly there in your own seat. If you need to make anything right, do it. If you need to, just reaffirm. Lord, I'm all yours. Help, you know, help me to get my, have my mind set on you. Help me to be mindful of your thoughts and not my own. Do business with God. Take a moment. Father, we pray. I thank you for these.
for every person. Lord, we're committed to you as long as we live, which is forever. It's all about you. It's all about you. Lord, we turn our back on the things of this world. We turn our back on the ways of, of, of man. Lord, we, we, we turn our eyes to you. And you make us stand. Thank you, Lord. You're able and you're faithful to lift us, to lift us up, to deliver us. We walk in your freedom. We walk in your best. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us and making us, setting our feet on a a high place. Turn our back on the things of the world, Lord. We're going all in with you. Thank you for working in us, for working through us. Lord, if there's specks in our eyes today, help us see that so we can just pop that out and move on forward to help other people. Thank you for working in us today, Lord. We're coming up. I believe you're dealing with hearts. I'm confident, confident that you're strengthening our position, our stand in these last days. For this, we give you all the glory, all the honor. Father, I pray for those today who have never been saved. Mm, They've never received salvation. They've never been born again. Touch their hearts, Lord. Deal with them today. Thank you that you are. You love them so much. Draw them to yourself in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.